Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Overseas Famous Podcast. I am your host, Kevin Owens, here with Jalen Johnson. Jalen has played many different places, uh, played overseas, but mainly has played a lot in the G League and the NBA back and forth, has done a lot, has, been, has heard a lot, has seen a lot. And we're going to get his story today as long as, as well as some other fun stories. And we're going to start off this with uh, a little bit about the Summer League, because the NBA Summer League is becoming wild right now. I was out there in Vegas a few weeks ago, like right in the start of Summer League, and it was like Celebrity Row. I, I walked in and Mark Cuban is right there. I'm like, holy shit, that's Mark Cuban. And obviously, you know, it's like the Mavericks owner. He's obviously involved in the business, but you're still like, that's Mark Cuban. And then every, you know, 50 cent, there's celebrities. Every NBA player was there. So I know you play with the Clippers and the Pacers in NBA Summer League. So take us through that experience of going into that NBA Summer League and you're kind of a younger player. And then you look over and it's like Celebrity Row. And you're like, holy shit, this is, this is, this is pretty crazy yeah. for something like that in the summer. Yeah. Preparing for Summer League, like when we was in our, like our home bases, you wouldn't really, you wouldn't really got the same essence of it until you was there, you know. Like, um, I, that first game, I remember first game since we got to Vegas. I'm just looking at the first row, and we, I had seen Ben Simmons. I think I seen Markel Fultz just had went number one. Then LeBron came in right behind him. Uh, but a couple of the guys I knew just from like, you know, AAU, just growing up playing basketball, college things like that. But it was just it was just nice seeing them, the people who like make, you know, the, the high 200 millions, the movie stars, they all in the front row looking at us and like we making shots. They cheering us on. I remember I think the Migos was there. They was front row with all their chains on. I think that was the year when I was with the Clippers. And yeah, it was it was nice. It was real nice. You know, they, the, the way they treat us in the summer, they just taking us to nice restaurants, making sure we eat good, things like that. I mean, it was it was dope for sure. Yeah, I think that would be something that would be that's that I made it kind of moment where you look and you see these celebrities cheering you on um, because it is summer league is, is a, is a complete uh, party. It's, it's a great place for the NBA players to come. It's a great place for celebrities to come. Everyone who's everyone was there. And I could not believe how many people were there. Uh, I was not expecting that. I went to network and I ended up in this whole celebrity thing. It was really cool. But when you're in Vegas, it's Vegas. So as a yeah. player, do you kind of have to be like, have that self-control or just be like, shit, I got to get my shit together because, you know, you're there to showcase, you're there to try to make an NBA roster, but you're yeah. in Vegas and shit's like, shit's going down. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah. Everything's going down in Vegas. And the time they got us out there is like, it's a tricky time because you got to stay focused, but everything is going on at that time. Like literally everybody comes out at that time. All the, like, you might see Drake out there. You might see the, the one of the highest of the highest celebrities. They, in, 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 you might have a game the next day, but the night you got a game, the next day, that night is crazy. You just like, you got to, okay, what am I doing? What am I here for? You know what I'm saying? So things like that, like a lot of people, it's, 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 it's a good and a bad for a lot of people because a lot of people can't handle that. Like just being in that that type of lifestyle when you got to be focused is kind of hard. But I mean, the people who do it, I mean, good things come out of it all the time. You know, like like I said, I, it was crazy. Pool parties, everything is all going on at the same hotel. U.S. There's events going on in the hotel. 
you trying to sleep, you hear uh, loud music all through the strip. You trying to sleep, but you really can't because the city don't die, but you got to force yourself to go to sleep because you got to be up early or the next day you got to rest all day because you got the late game. It's just, so the way I mean, the way I did, I was really just going to the games a lot. Just like every time I was off, if I really didn't have like a day off or the next day off after that, I'd go to the game and just spend my free time there. Yeah, that's because, smart. That's like the way to go. I feel like there, it's just a way to avoid temptation. And it's, yeah. it's crazy too, because there's temptation just in parties. There's temptation, you know, the everything's hopping, like the pool parties. But I'm talking like, and this is, this is going to sound mean, but when I went there, I was like, holy shit, like there's girls everywhere, like young girls who were just dressed to the nines, like in summer league, like there was a basketball game and they're just dressed to the nines. I'm like, damn, like these girls are, we called it like, what was it? DTF. Like they were like everywhere I looked, like that's, I'm 42. So I'm old. So that was like what we used to call it. Like, oh, that girl's DTF. But like, everywhere i looked i was like holy shit i can't believe how many like how many people are here and how many people it's like a, it was like a club like you were just walking through and there's scouts and then there's fans and then there's just like there's thirst there's thirsty and it was just crazy like how all this is going so even staying focused with that because there's a whole lot else out there in vegas for for you to get distracted with and you got to focus on basketball. It's wild. Yeah, it is wild. I mean, I had I had different things in place for that too, but for sure, it was definitely wild. So my first year, I wasn't really in a relationship, but I was in a relationship. Mm -hmm. It wasn't as deep as like it got, but like I still have I still have my like my girlfriend with me, so I really yeah. didn't have I, I really didn't have to focus with all that. And then my mom came down. So the next year, I was in a deep relationship and. I just, it was, it was way different. So I really wasn't worried too much about the girls, but if you see them, like they are there. They're, they're everywhere you go. They're everywhere, literally. Ever. They're everywhere. I, you can't get away from them. I, th I was thinking just because when I, when I went out there, I was, you know, a former overseas player trying to build a brand, trying to connect with agents. I'm, I'm down there. I'm talking to people I know who like I coach or played against or played with and who are now coaches. Yeah. But when you have like when you're a player and like that's all around you, I mean, it is it is pretty impressive to really be able to stay focused and dominate summer league with if maybe that's why they put it in Vegas. Maybe they're like, you know what, let's throw all these dudes into like the craziest situation possible, like absolute craziness, girls, uh, you know, the strip, like parties, everything and and see just who can succeed. And it's crazy because. I'm like, a, I'm like a, not a big name, but when I walked through there, I was like, I could easily find the party right now. Like, I just hear people talking like, bro, yo, you go in here, you go in here. I'm like, oh shit, that's where the party. And it's like wild. Everyone would be there. It's just a wild situation. So I think summer league's super cool, but kind of take us through your playing experience as a player in summer league, when you kind of go and you're like, all right, this is the roster. This is what I have to do. What are you thinking? Uh, are you counting the roster spots or are you like, nah, like, just screw it. I'm just going to go out and ball. Well, at first I was like, you know, forget I'm about to go out here and ball. But when you know, like, it's deeper than just that. It's politics involved. So they got their drafts, things like that. And, of course, sometimes you feel like, okay, yeah, I'm better than the next man or I can produce more. But 
you got to know it's, it's a business. Sometimes, even if the player who's in front of you is not playing up to par, you got to really know, like, sometimes it's a business. Uh, it was times out there, I was, like, my first year, I was feeling discouraged. I'm just like, man, I'm practicing so good. They was telling me so much, like, that I was going to play or I was going to do this this guaranteed, I mean, I mean guaranteed um, playing time, things like that. And then when it came out, when it came to it, we got out there, it was games I wasn't playing at all. Some things like that. I was like, okay. And then, but at the end of the day, your time going to come. Everybody who, who goes out there, you're going to have an opportunity to show something. So when I tell, when my name was called, I mean, I, I got to showcase my skills and just have fun with it. But it was definitely like a learning experience, like a growing experience too, because you know, because going out there, you just thinking, oh yeah, they picked me up. I'm finna, I'm about, I'm about to go show every day I can. They finna give me all the playing time. And sometimes it's situational. It doesn't really always go like that, you know? I thought it was – I thought the coolest thing, too, was the crowd has has definitely grown. I mean, back back in the day, Summer League was – you know, people were coming, but the crowd, crowd definitely grows. And those close games, when that game – it's just – it gives those players that little extra hype because you're, you're playing in such an intense situation and everything's just going down. And all of a sudden, the crowd's standing up and you're like, holy shit, like, this is this is like NBA, like this is what it's all about, and it's just yeah. like a cool experience to to be able to to go through uh, for young players in Vegas. Yeah. So when you kind of go, let's go into you know your you go into summer league, you end up uh, you know in training camp, and in that training camp call, I you know know this game. That training camp call, you're like the end of the roster, and that's when you're counting. You're like, all right, hold on. There's, hold on. There's, there's 16 guys, and let's see, let's see if I'm if I'm gonna make this team. So you have that when you kind of get that call, and you're like, all right, and it's like, all right, here's what's happening. You know, we're we're releasing you, but we're sending you, you know, setting you up with, you know, the G League or Windy City or you know all the different places. Was that a disappointment, or are you just it's just like on to the next one? I mean, of, of course, like when you got dreams and goals, it's like, ah, when you don't really, at first, when you really don't know the business and things like that, it's definitely a disappointment because you like, man, like, am I not good enough or like, why am I getting sent down? I just showed so much potential, so much of my skill at the, when I was up there with the, with the, with the up top team. So why am I getting sent down? Sometimes you get discouraged, but as you know, and as you know, in the business, like when you get older in it, like I said, my first year from my fourth year was totally different. My first year, I was, man, I didn't know what was going on. Like I was showing, I was playing great in the, in the training camp, things like that. I mean, but the first year was kind of different because I didn't even go to summer league. I just went straight mm -hmm. to training camp, and I was playing. I was killing, like I was killing, getting accolades from all the uh, front office, the coaches, and then when it came down to it, that last day of training camp, uh, I got sent to the G League. And everybody on the team was just telling me, it, you know, it happens like this sometimes. You 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 show more than enough. You showed your NBA player, but it's the business. This is that. So I, I I had a hard time like you know figuring that out. But then like now like now I know for sure because I I've been through it. But like, it was definitely a disappointment at first, just because you start to think now that nobody um like nobody really believes your talent. They don't really believe mm -hmm. you're good enough. When you kind of when you're in camp. What were the vets like? Do you have any memorable moments with with some of those vets when you're trying to make this team and they're pulling you aside? Especially when you get that one vet who takes a liking to you, you're like this, this he can help me, like he can help this team, and they start taking a liking. Did you have an experience with a vet that really helped you out 
uh, throughout training camp. Well, my first year out, um, I really, our team was a young team. I was with the Bulls. That's when I mean our best was like Robin Lopez. He was really, he wasn't really like you know, the social the social guy with everybody else. He's like he was a, he's foreign, so you know. But um, like the older people who've been in the league, it was Zach Levine, uh, Justin Holiday, um, Bobby Portis. Those are those three guys. They like you know they showed me, they helped me. My my my, my rookie year, they was always like telling me to keep my head up, just encouraging me, things like that, like. I remember one time, like one time, I mean, like Justin wasn't really a vet at the point at the point in time, but he was he was older than me. I <laughs> rode with him. He had me carry his bag to the plane. And at first, I'm like, what? But I, I ain't say it out loud because I wanted to make the teams. I'm like, but he was a cool guy. He always encouraged me. Always gave me like you know advice. He always like if I was doing something wrong, he'd pull me to the side instantly, just like a leader. So I really didn't have too much of a problem doing it for him because he always used to help me. Like when I was. Things I was lacking in, he always used to like come over there and just give me tidbits, things like that. Some, you know, sometimes they give us per day, they per diem, things like that. I mean, was, I like, I like, well, the vets are, they was young. So, I mean, I like my rookie year vets. Yeah, that is funny, the, the, given the per diem, given the per diem. I mean, like, you know, some of those guys, they don't need that. Like, they're yeah. just like, what, let's give it to the young guy. Let's let him go out and have a nice night. Yeah. So, so let's talk about like the state of the G League now. I mean, especially last year with the amount of pull-ups that occurred and how everything is just growing and it's becoming this this real system where guys are able to come back and forth, especially with COVID with everything going on. Yeah. Uh, and now they're paying the players more. So when you when you look at the G when you look at the G League, it's different than how I saw the G League because I looked at the G League and I was like, we got we got paid nothing. With you, you guys like you're getting paid. You're getting paid good money now to kind of make the G League. So, is that something? When, when, as a player, are you like, well, I don't really need to go overseas because I'm making good money here and I'm right here for the NBA in case they call me up. Well, yes, yeah. I mean, it's sometimes situational, you know. Like, there, the G League is, you know, it's it's grew tremendously. I mean, they're giving opportunities left and right to different players every day. You know. Um, like, like it just depends on, you know, you with the conversation with your family, your agent is, and they where they feel like the right, the right, and the comfortable places to be. Because think about it, some some people, some people, it, it seems like a waste of time in the G League. Some people know, like, okay, it's purpose. That's why I'm here. I, I, I'm here for a extended time because I know they already got the up team has interest in me. But it just, like I said, it's just a, it's just a, it's, it's really opportunity for real. Like you know, it's not really. Cause like the development of the G League has really grew a lot, you know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. Like the Revs, they grew a lot, you know. Just the the staying, like my first year in the G League, we had roommates, things like that. We was traveling on buses, a lot yep. of things like, like like small buses, far ways. Like this year, last year in the G League, they treated us great. They treated us. They gave us the top stay. We had our own room, and some some of that was because of COVID for sure, but. Most of that was just because everything was growing. It was like like five years in, so you know yeah. things was growing rapidly. That's great. I mean, I played in the. I was the. I played when it was the D League, and it was like one of the OG guys. And what you're saying is so true. The, the bus rides. I mean, we used to ride. We played in Arkansas, and we took a bus and stopped in Tennessee, 
And like, we were just taking buses like stupid far places, like 12 hour bus rides. And it was just wild <laughs> to think that like, now you guys are flying, everything's just, you know, taken care of and you're being treated like a professional basketball player. And it was yeah. wild. Cause like even overseas, we weren't driving, like we were flying everywhere. And then, you know, here in, in America, you're driving, driving these long bus rides. So it's nice to see that the, the G league has become this place where players feel comfortable. So they don't always lose out to overseas basketball and you played yes. in you made a trip to israel uh went there take us through that experience of going your first kind of tour overseas uh, it was rocky but it was great i mean it was rocky but it was a fun experience you know i went to israel it was one of the more, the more americanized countries um like i said it, it looked, like i said it looked like miami it was like a like a beach was great, food was great. Uh, it was kind of different though, cause like getting used to the, um, getting used to the, um, like getting used to the, uh, just the culture, like the kosher eating, things like that. Like sometimes you couldn't eat uh, meat with cheese. Like in some places you couldn't eat meat and cheese at the same time. Uh, some places they would, some places was cool with that. Like their McDonald's was way better in America than McDonald's. <laughs> I don't know why. It was. It tastes real. Um, on the on the court experience wasn't wasn't what I really wanted it to be. Just our coach, the coach that I was there with, he got fired. Uh, it, I kind of seemed like he really wasn't really ain't like me. I, I don't know why. Really, I really didn't get to show my talents for real. But like overall, I met some great people, uh, networked, and it was it was a fun experience just going that far and just seeing seeing it for what it was. Like that was my first time really that far from home ever in my life. So yeah. Yeah, it was, I mean, like, it was a fun experience other than that, but, like, the basketball, just the basketball part of it really didn't pan how I wanted to, just with a lot of things I was into. Like, I was, we had too many Americans, too many imports. Like, I was mm -hmm. the fifth American import, so I was really getting the last hand of the stick. And it was really just a trial, but after the trial, we really didn't want to stay, so. That's, yeah, that's the, the overwhelming. When you go to a team, you know, a league like Israel, I know you hear in Germany as, as well, when you have the, the, the leagues, uh, Spain, when you have all the leagues where there's a ton of import spots, it becomes, people think it's like, oh, there's more jobs, it's more this, but when you go overseas, like, you're not expected to, to sit there and, like, not play, like, not be the star. Yeah. So it's, it's weird, it's a weird experience to kind of be that, like, fifth American, you're like, what the hell is this? Like, this is not what I signed up for. Yeah. you can you can almost end up in a dead zone out there where you're not playing as much and then your your stock kind of you know falls a little bit which is which is rough and you know that's probably a good move to head back and and play in the g league uh so what is your what is your plan for this upcoming year what do you have planned well the g league still has my rights if we if we find a a better opportunity, like a, like a good overseas opportunity, or even like a training camp, something like that. We're gonna push for it. Um, this year, just mostly, you know, about is rebuilding, just you know, just giving them who I am again, showing them my name again, you know, just coming back on the scene, things like that. I got it. Last year was a good year in the G League. We was top three in the whole league. Um, I contributed to my team's winning a lot. So, like I said, we know we up against is this next year. Just was is a stamping year, things like that. You know, just step a year just to get to cl closer to where I want to be at. Your mom, Janetta, played uh, pro basketball as well, played in Portugal, you know, had a career there. 
is that something that you ever kind of is, that's in your back of your mind like it would be dope not to really. go, I mean, not, to go not to Portugal really. <laughs> <laughs> my dreams is NBA it still is the NBA so whatever goes and steps I got to take to to last and survive in the NBA that's what I'm gonna do but like I said, if I'm like at the end when I'm trying to trying to retire, I might just check it out, you know. <laughs> <laughs> I see I see giving kind of cool stories about like her experiences that helped you grow as a player growing up. Yeah, she told she told me a lot of experiences, a lot of experience. That's I mean, my mom was my first ever coach, you know. It, I mean, first ever, first ever anything when it comes to basketball. She gave me the basketball, like it was her because she was like the, the woman around here you know like in my city or my town she was the one so everybody know like my mom she got a lot of rank around here she went to wisconsin she led the nation in block shots rebounds she's the mvp at her school like so she always like you know she always stayed in that glory let me know every day till i could start beating her <laughs> as soon as i started beating her <laughs> it was over yeah there's the i feel like that's Similar situation with my dad. Once I started beating my dad, I was like, all right, I think I have something here. Once yeah. I started beating my brother, he was he was seven feet. He was with the Cavs. Once I started beating him, I was like, all right, hell yeah. We were just different players. <laughs> like I, I was like, but he was he was just I'm six ten. He was seven foot, but he was always like the big, huge monster seven foot dude. Like this is like that Shaq era when you just wanted to be a big fucking lug. And he was like yeah. that. He was real physical and stuff. And then I just had to start stepping out, shooting, driving by and stuff. So once I started beating him, it was that was a wrap. Uh, so what are you doing now to kind of brand yourself? We always talk about branding of athletes and how, you know, when you're in the G League and you, it's it's you're not you don't have that the the endorsements and everything else like a Damian Lillard or something like that. How are you still yeah. branding yourself to keep that, keep your brand going as you continue your career? Okay. Well, yeah. So, well, what I'm doing, I'm, I'm, you know, getting more involved in Instagram, things like that, you know, just posting reels. Uh, like I said, I'm doing loop mogul, just getting around NFT and the metaverse marketplace. Um, a lot of things, I'm just trying to put myself out there more. Like, I never was really the guy to be on, like, like social media or Instagram or things like that. I posted just because. But, like, when people started making it a big deal, I, I, I really would, like, kind of straight, straight away from it. You know what I'm saying? But I'm, I'm starting to, like, you know, see why everybody is, like, you know, getting getting intact, so intact with the social media world. So I've been, you know, posting reels. Just trying to get active on that. Um, yeah. connect with people like connect with people in the business world things like that just just venturing in different things you know i got a got a camera now so i'm just trying you know do do, do, do different a lot of things you know just yeah, yeah. <laughs> i like the i like the so the loop mogul stuff is some is some fun thing and we've talked a little bit you know we've we we're sponsored by loop mogul so we've talked about loop mogul a lot like the metaverse and stuff and uh, you know how it's funny because I try to explain it to people, and I'm trying to use like the the baseball card, you know, analogy, and even like money. People don't understand like the metaverse, and it's just one of those things. I'm trying to explain it to people, like what is money? Like it's fucking paper, and you're sitting and you 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 use it as like this. It's it's this thing, this end all beat all. You have this piece of paper, and that's worth so much. It's like everything is the same so when you have an nft 
or you have a digital, you know, platform, or you have, you know, coins and things like that. It's very similar to what we're using. It's all digitalized. And I was trying to explain it. So when you use Loop Mogul, what exactly are you doing uh, as an ambassador for Loop Mogul? Well, I'm really just bringing people on and just introducing people to the metaverse. You know, like we just launched, we just launched the, the, the metaverse arena. So mm -hmm. we getting everybody involved into that. You know, I'm just bringing like people like who, who inner city people who really don't know nothing about that. Just getting them kept caught up just because the world is changing now. So, you know, just getting everybody caught up. I'm trying to, you know, give friend, a lot of friends and family from my from my hometown, a lot of opportunity to, to join through through the metaverse, through the, through the arena with these seats. Um, yeah, just like really just things like that. Posting on my, on my Instagram, just my NFTs are coming soon, things like that. So just getting everybody ready for what's about to happen, what's about to pop. What advice do you have to those young athletes who want to kind of start like start something like a you know met or start their way into this digital presence like how do you how, what do you have what advice do you have for those guys who want to get their digital pre presence going at an early age really i say go for it you know because like i said it's it's kinks and and fall jumps and falls and everything but right now this is it seemed like to be one of the most you know invested in areas like right now like the metaverse is, is growing rapidly so I, I feel like as an athlete you have the opportunity to get in there earlier with low cost I feel like you should do it and jump on it fast because by the time it's too late it's going to be way too high and everybody you know everybody's going to want to do it then while we have a, we have a, a jump and a head start I feel like we all should get, get to it right now I agree blow up no I totally agree I mean it's like investing like when you're yeah. when you're able to invest in something at a young age that could be like the next big thing. I mean, look at the people who invest in like IBM and Apple. Now they're yeah. never working a day again in their life. That's always a good yeah, thing. Yeah, seriously. <laughs> well, Jay, it, Jalen, it's it's been a real pleasure talking to you, connecting with you, uh, having you tell your story. Uh, the summer league stuff's great, and uh, you know we're we're looking forward to what you're doing in the metaverse. We're looking forward to what you're doing on the court. And we're excited to see uh, this this upcoming year and uh, where, where your career continues to take you. And we wish you the best of luck. Appreciate you, man. Thank you for bringing me on the podcast at any time. Awesome. Well, thank you so much, Jalen. Thank you.